0: Bailey, rough weekend. I'm not going to press you too hard about it. I have to ask the question why Nikki Cross? How did this come to be? Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. That's, that's the answer. Look at that. What is your relationship with you? Well, what wouldn't you like to know? What would you like to know? Can we assume that she's. No, just just watch. Machine? Just please watch the match. Please watch the match and have some respect. Today I don't feel like to. Well, hi. Mikey Mike Mike Shabadoo. What's up, man? What is with
1: the Mikey Mike Mike Shabadoo thing? I I know it's like Joey Jojo Shabadoo from The Simpsons, right?
0: Yeah, I, I do that with
1: everybody. Which is it fun- can- well, first of all, thanks for making me feel extra special. <laughs> But secondly, I remember that specifically because uh, are you aware of the country artist Jojo Mason? No, I am not. Okay, well, he's a good dude, and uh, actually he he played at uh, the Jays game that uh, Agnew and Boris and I went to when I was in Toronto for the first of two visits this year. Right on. Yeah. So anyway, anytime I would play a Jojo Mason song while I was on country radio, I would play the clip of of Barney going... Joey, Joe, Joe. <laughs> and that's got Joe spitting out his drink. <laughs> oh, listen to that. Listen to that. I've got the exact same thing going on on this end, too, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I know where my mute button is.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you caught me off guard there. Uh, that's I gotta, good. Uh, I got to tell you, man, COVID fatigue. It's real and it is mm. fantastic. Oh, my God. Hey, what was the weather like in Toronto today? Um, I want to say it was in like the mid-teens. Nice, nice. It was yeah, like it twenty-two bad. the day before or Saturday. Then, no, it was. Yeah, it was like it was crazy hot. Like I was yeah. in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah.
1: I drove home tonight in a blizzard. Oof! Not even joking.
0: I, you know what? I saw some of the uh, a friend of mine. Um, who works in Calgary showed me some pictures, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'm not even in Calgary though. I'm I'm in yeah, I know, but still like Saskatoon that. where out there it's uh, it looked pretty good.
1: The wind is uh, exceptional, exceptional to say the least. So yeah, yeah, I actually shot a video. I was going to talk about how you and I were in different parts of the country where apparently weather makes no sense anymore. No, not but. at all. Then my phone died, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> but yeah, so to give anybody listening to the best damn raw review on the internet, welcome to Tuesday Morning Cooked. Uh, I'm Mike McGuire. That's Joe Aguinaldo, and we uh, we bring you the show every week. We're on the free feed. That's why I'm doing the whole introduction here again this week. But I currently reside, through no fault of my own, in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and Joe lives in. Well, you don't live in Toronto, Toronto. You're in Mississauga, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, which is just west of uh, Toronto. Which, if you ask Toronto,
1: they just say, "Oh, it's all Toronto," but it's not. <laughs>
0: it's uh, not. It kind of. It's the GTA, whatever.
1: <laughs> See, that's what I mean. The GTA, the GTA. All of a sudden, the Grand Theft Auto of Canada. <laughs> Yeah, so last week Boris filled in for yards truly as I was neck deep in a move after having movers not show up and and other movers that I did manage to hire and friends helping me like it I honestly thought I was going to be like out of the old place by noon. No. No. Not at all. Barely out by midnight, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it stunk real bad, so it was a busy week. There was, of course, the whirlwind trip to Calgary that I foolishly decided to include in the middle of the moving weekend after two weeks of bronchial pneumonia, where I was coughing up green gooey stuff for a solid two weeks, kind of like Joe probably is right now as he's found his mute button, but... Yeah, it's it's been the hardest month ever because I was I was off everything. I was off work. I was off. And, and if you go back a couple episodes of the main show, you can hear it in my voice. Like, I'm just dead. I'm just completely sick, but I managed to get through it. And then, uh, yeah, the, the hearts contacted me on the Friday. The show was on the Saturday. They said, uh, <laughs> are you still planning on coming out? Because we've decided we're going to film this after all. I was like, oh, okay. so and this is by no means knocking them I mean we had been in talks about it but then I was sick the move was coming up I was this close to backing out because there was no solid confirmation I was going to actually be doing commentary or anything so I was like well if they don't need me they don't need me that sucks because I really want to be there and I want to be reliable for them and for those who don't know what I'm talking about if you haven't heard the main show I was out at Dungeon Wrestling in Calgary for the first time, the hearts were in the Stampede Pavilion. If you have listened to the main show, you're probably tired of me talking about it at this point. But to me, it was a big deal. I grew up just up the road in Red Deer, yeah, which is about an hour and a half north of Calgary. And I remember watching all those shows from the pavilion. And then later on, as as they would move to different locations for the old Stampede Wrestling. But I mean, this was this was it. This is what I grew up watching as a kid. And I had the chance to be there to, to bring it back. So uh, I did it. It was not a cheap plane flight. It was not a cheap plane ticket. It was not a well -planned trip. I may have actually slept in the airport on Saturday night after the show. Not the airport hotel. The
0: airport. It wouldn't be the first time you've done that in the last few months.
1: In the last month, Joe. The last month. What is wrong with me? If you ever want to question how much I love wrestling,
0: go ahead. Well... The thing that you're not like, I mean, the move and all that stuff and, and dungeon wrestling that I mean, that was a big deal. But mm-hmm. like you haven't even mentioned the fact that prior to that, you were in Toronto to catch AEW in Toronto. Yeah. Same, same deal. You, you got here. You slept at an airport. And, and I, to be honest, with you, isn't that where you got sick? Like you got sick after your trip to Toronto. Oh,
1: yeah. I see where you're going. You're you wanted to bring this in. No, 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 no. We were going to bring this in last week, but then I wasn't here to do it. And then of all people, Boris Aguilar filled in for me. So let's go ahead and lay it out here. So you and I did an episode of Tuesday Morning Cook, and I was from Matt Edirer's place, where, again, the air was accessorized, we'll say, by certain plant -based substances, which I don't normally partake in, but... I was around, is, nonetheless.
0: There, there was a lot of edamame going on.
1: Yes, yes, a lot of soybeans <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of grow your own lettuce. You know, the living lettuce that you buy. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, it was lettuce, all right. It was uh, it was a certain type of lettuce. But then, for the last half of my AEW Toronto trip, I got to stay in the lovely basement suite of one Boris Aguilar who very generously gave me a place he's not even there he's been staying with his folks and so he's like yeah my place is just empty so go ahead he did mention to me though that his landlord had brought in some crews to do some drywalling and when they did the drywalling and you've done drywalling i assume joe yep or you've had it done for you you seem to pay a lot of people to do your things have you have you ever done the drywalling
0: yourself No, I've touched up drywalling. Touch up, I haven't actually, actually, I haven't actually put it up.
1: So you, you found some putty, did you? That's good. No, so when you, when you mud the drywall, especially, people like to sand it down. And I will go ahead and say this, with all disrespect in the world to whoever was working on Boris's place, only idiots do it without dropping any sort of a cover or a dust shield or anything around the area that they're actually sanding or even some sort of, you know, high filter vacuum cleaner, which apparently are the people that did Boris's place. Because when they sanded the small window well where the drywall mud was, the dust got everywhere. I mean everywhere in his place. It's not a huge place, okay? It's not like Boris has this massive Bat Cave size lair. Okay, it's, it's a one bedroom basement suite, and it's it's compact. It's all you need to to live in Toronto, right? So this thin layer of dust is everywhere, and it's this white. It's, it's like softer than sand. It's almost like baby powder, except it's solid plaster, Ugh. and it's everywhere. So. <sighs> I think to myself, okay, well, I, I'm going to be sleeping here. I slept on the couch for most of the nights because, you know, it's just you don't want to sleep in a dude's bed. It just feels weird. Uh, I did the last night, though, because I was so freaking tired, and I couldn't figure out why. We'll get there. <laughs> I use a CPAP machine, which I think I've talked about on the show before, and if you don't know what a CPAP is, it's what stops people like me who have sleep apnea, uh, stops us from from breathing or stopping breathing, I guess. So it keeps us breathing through the night. Yes, by by pushing air. And I use a nasal cushion piece that just basically makes me look like I have a silly elephant trunk, but it helps me breathe through the night. This has a filter on it, which filters any particulates in the air and still, you know, blows the surrounding air into my body so I can live. I know you already know where this is going, but wait, because it gets weirder. I thought I'd cleared out enough of a space around Boris's place, like where I'd set my CPAP down. Like I cleared off the table. I got as rid of as much of the drywall dust as I could for the guy. I figure you're letting me stay in there for free. At least I can do is tidy up the joint a bit. So I did. No, 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 no. I managed to sleep the whole week there. And every night kind of got a little worse than the last. And by the time I got back to Saskatoon, I was in full blown bronchial pneumonia. To which I thought, okay, well, usually my CPAP helps me blow out anything that's going on inside my lungs or my chest. And so maybe if I use that, it'll help. So I rinse out everything, I try and get all the germy germs out of it because you have to do that, anyways. Otherwise, you're just disgusting. But as I'm doing this every night, it's getting worse. And worse, I can't actually breathe at night anymore. Like I, I, I can't use the machine. I can't not use the machine. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. So finally, I decided I'm gonna go deep dive clean on this. It's gotta be germs in the machine, right? So I go do a deep dive. Now there's two sides to the CPAP machine. One of it is the, the fan mechanism that blows the air from the outside into the hose and, and you know into your body. Attached to that, though, is a humidifier, which is basically just a little steel pan that you put distilled water in, and there's a heating element underneath that vaporizes it a bit for you so that you can have moisture so your nose and your throat and everything don't dry out. Again, if you're building up a phlegmy bronchial pneumonia cough, though, extra moisture can be a double -edged sword. So I'm like, okay, well, if I get all the germs out of this, maybe I stand a chance. So I rinse out all the parts, I take it all apart, and the steel pan that the water holds is held in, I leave it to dry afterwards. That is when the bottom layer of the stainless steel pan starts to bubble up. That's not supposed to happen. Metal, to the least of my knowledge, can't bubble up based on the water temperature that comes out of the household tap. Unless you've been duped into thinking that the bottom of your stainless steel pan is in fact the bottom of the stainless steel pan and not a very hard, very encrusted, very shiny layer of now compacted drywall dust.
0: Oh, God.
1: So, there's a film of drywall dust that has been, excuse me while I cough now, that has been so encrusted in there because, again, the heating element has solidified it that it was so shiny I didn't realize that it wasn't the bottom of the stainless steel pan. It was, in fact, a layer of drywall dust. So, so, I scrape this stuff out. Oh god, I can't believe it! For at least a week and a half of my bronchial pneumonia, I've been inhaling drywall dust. Top that with the filter that goes into the machine. You know when you don't clean your your dryer lint screen for about a month. Pretend like you do for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine after like two loads of towels, what it would look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The filter looked like that with drywall dust.
0: Oh, God.
1: So even with the pan scraped out, there was still another day of the filter. I was like, holy crap. So my only conclusion is this, Joe. We've talked about this. And it almost came to fruition last week. Not for the illness, which I managed to thwart, but Boris Roberto Aguilar <laughs> wants to take over Tuesday morning cooked so bad that he almost tried to murder me by the way of drywall. <laughs> I firmly believe this. I believe the evidence speaks for itself. And I'm not gonna lie, this has caused a bit of a rift in the SNME radio broadcast family here. It's um I hate to have to bring it up here on this platform. But again, Boris Roberto Aguilar, attempted drywall murderer.
0: <laughs> that's uh it's very Johnny Gargano like there, dude. Really? Was I that annoying? <laughs> no, Oh my
1: god. <laughs> <laughs> so on the plus side and I know I've been gushing about it for the last couple weeks on the main show but please forgive me Um, looks like we were involved in a little bit of a news making story today and that was the story of Nick Aldis being suspended from the NWA Ooh, yes. <laughs> so Nick Aldis was the guest of Sunday night's main event this past Sunday if you haven't heard it yet again it's on the free feed as well but <laughs> I was debating whether or not I was going to mention this. I did ask him and I said, hey, it, it's all out there now. So what the hell? I said, hey, man, off the record, like I'm, I'm not going to ask you about this on, on the show, but like you're done with NWA, right? And he says, yeah, you know, things are going to be wrapping up at the end of the year sort of thing. And then on Sunday, just as we had pushed the Patreon episode early for folks, he makes the Instagram statement. Saying that, you know, I've, I've given my notice to the NWA. And and then all of a sudden, we find out this morning, today, that he got suspended. He won't be at Hard Times 3. He won't be at the TV tapings. And now they're going to sit on him until the end of the year. And, and he can't do anything. So, I'm sure the NWA has their thought process. I don't know what it is. I have tried to contact them. And I've said, hey, look... If you guys want to explain your side on the show, love to have you. We'll be unbiased and impartial, but it was kind of stunning to have our interview come out uh, the night of the day that that he would get suspended and everything else. So it's kind of funny. We're in the interview. We talk more about the night that we had together in in Calgary, but uh, that sounded salacious. I mean, the night we had at the show <laughs> at the wrestling show, but. Now it's turned into this whole NWA thing, and it just seems like garbage. Like, what a what a waste of a great talent. And I got to say, like, a great talent. Like, I don't know if you've heard the conversation yet, Joe, but we kind of struck down the wrestling interviewer-interviewee conversation, and we just talked. I even, like, we even tried. I did the, the big intro for him, and then Chris Masters came in the room and, like, interrupted us for a second, so I was like... You know, let's start over. I'm I'm not even going to do the big intro. It's like, hey, Nick Aldis, how are you? And he was great. <laughs> we just sat there and we were like a couple of kids marking out about the fact that we got to be part of the show. So I hope you get to listen to that and enjoy it. But but to think that that guy is being given this much hassle just for giving
0: his notice. Well, that and I mean, like, he's carried that promotion forever. man. <laughs> like, he gave it credibility. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he he kept it in the news. He represented it well. So for them to sort of kick him to the curb like that, that was uh, that was surprising. No disrespect to Tim Storm and Trevor Murdoch.
1: But when you think NWA World champion over the past few years here. And I'm even going to say this in a way that, that I don't mean it to sound disrespectful. I don't even think Cody Rhodes. No, I I think Nick Aldis. And I think Matt Cardona. And that's only because Cardona was on the show while he was NWA world's heavyweight champion, but Cardona was a guy too, who, who got it right. Like he got what it meant. So, um, but Nick Aldis, I mean, yeah, he's, he's the guy that, that legitimately made it a talked about title. He's the guy that they put it on and took it off of in the Cody feud. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get, I'm confused. I'm not going to take either side because it's, you know, we don't know the whole story, but mm. it seems very bizarre. And don't get me wrong, I know a thing or two about bizarre employers, <laughs> <laughs> especially ones with scruples and ones without. And I don't know what's going on over there, but I would love to hear their side of it just to see if they have any side of it other than you can't leave us, you, you're suspended.
0: Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. You can't quit; you're fired. You know?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but that was a weird story to come out of today. Also, thoughts and condolences going out to uh, Natty Neidhart. See, her Ooh. face got
0: smashed. Oh, yeah, hey. yeah, I saw her Twitter post. Uh, I guess post surgery, and uh, she's looking, you know, uh, she was looking a little rough.
1: Well, if you don't know, she took a shot to the face from uh, Shayna Baszler. And, uh, was it Shayna Baszler? Yeah, it was Shayna. B- yeah. it was Shayna, I think so. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it Shayna or Sonia? Anyway. I'm pretty sure I thought it was Shayna. I thought so, too. See, this is how reliable I am right now. Raw is an hour later for me tonight, too. <laughs> okay? Which I know doesn't sound like a big deal, but here in Saskatchewan, where time refuses to move in any direction, <laughs> take that however you want, um... Yeah, we don't do the daylight savings time thing here. So, what happens is everything now that winter's here starts an hour later, including Monday Night Raw. So, when you're used to watching Monday Night Raw starting at 6 p.m. and it starts at 7 p.m., I'm that much more tired. Especially after a long day at work and driving home in a blizzard. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, if I sound a little more forgazy than usual, that's why, because, uh, there's been a lot happening today, man. A lot happening. In wrestling, out of wrestling, I, I don't know, the world is crazy. Apparently, Twitter is, like, relevant, but not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get, I don't even. Do,
0: do we even want to go to that? Like, <laughs>
1: I don't even know, man. Like, it's just so much stuff is happening. And then I was trying to break down the whole... Tag Team Championship reign of the New Day versus Demolition. And, and uh, you know, the Usos who look like they're going to beat the New Day's record now. Which is like, whatever. I mean, the... This this thing tonight actually made me almost forget that these two had like a bazillion matches a couple of years ago, but then it didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. There. Yeah, and yeah, I
1: don't know. I'm 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 not cranky, and I hope I'm not coming off as cranky. I mean, again, you have to remember I am a survivor of an attempted murder attempt now, so. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy
1: <laughs> and then i don't know what what else is there to talk about man we could talk about a thousand things let's talk about let's talk about joe let's talk about joe baby let's talk about oh god
0: Not not much to report on. I got COVID. I got sick. Yeah. See, that's just it. You're listening to a couple of sick dudes. Oh, but this does tie into a a Reno update. So, oh, thank goodness. Any drywalling? No. Hang on. So your wife's not trying to kill you then? So they were supposed to come in last week. Who's they? The contractors. All right. On on Monday. Um, theoretically to finish everything up Well we got COVID So guess what we had to do We had to cancel Cancel the contractors Now how many months until they can come back Actually they're, like because we're now all negative Because we actually got through Relatively easily Knock on wood for lack of a better description uh, They're coming in Thursday So oh. Wow I don't know if we'll even be able to have
1: a Joe segment After the Renos are done <laughs>
0: what, the I'm hell sure.
1: we, what the hell will we talk to you about afterwards uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll figure something out <laughs> me I'm living in airports and blowing all my money on going to wrestling shows that don't pay me or don't pay me enough
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh yeah Joe's just got the renos man we'll have to find out things about your life and stuff well, I don't <laughs> know if we're ready for that <laughs>
0: yeah everything else is good though life is good yeah i think so i mean today was my first day back at work and holy crap i was tired at about like by two o'clock i'm like all right i'm done and uh listen to how lazy we sound like i know i eh? i had to stay up and watch
1: wrestling joe's like i had to work till two. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh no 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 I, I i worked till seven. Oh, but by two o'clock i was like dead yeah. and um So, yeah, for people out there, even though we had a relatively easy go of it. And again, I'm 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 using massive air quotes there. Don't get COVID. It sucks.
1: More sage medical advice from Joe Aguinaldo coming up on Tuesday Morning Cooked. Joe, are you ready to go on a trip? I am ready to go on a trip. Joe, we are headed to depending on who you ask. Yeah. wilkes berry wilkes barry wilkes bar pennsylvania and i say that because it even came up in the commentary as to how you say it and nobody could really fully agree as to how you say the name of this town i always thought it was wilkes bar that's what i had heard for years
0: see i think it was was it kevin patrick one of them right off the top said wilkes bury or Barry. And I was like, it was Kevin Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Wilkes, Wilkes Barry. And I was like, okay, cool. I said Barry. And I was like, eh, that's not right. Well, then you see the spelling of it. And you're like, okay, that's Wilkes Barr, isn't it? It's Like, anyways. Yeah.
1: Whatever. <laughs> anyway, the Mohegan Sun Arena, which is a famous arena for wrestling, they've done a ton of shows there. It's also famous for not exactly being the biggest arena. Uh, according to WrestleTix, the setup was 5,424 people. They had distributed five thousand one hundred seventy-six tickets, so virtual sellout with two hundred forty-eight remaining, and it it sounded like and felt like an arena with five thousand people in it. Mm-hmm. This felt small-time, which is weird because they have the same size set and everything. Like everything that's supposed to be there is there, but it just
0: it it felt tiny tonight, didn't it? the crowd definitely wasn't what it's been over the last like the last few raws the crowd's been there this crowd it was just like it was pretty noticeable especially in certain areas when we get to but like yeah this crowd was pretty quiet and no offense to anybody
1: from there if you're listening but we we have heard in the past from some wrestlers that said not the best town to work in not the not the best crowds and You know, you hear that about some places, right, where the crowds can be hard or quiet or things like that, and I think this was one of those crowds. Yep, for sure. Anyway, we find out tonight on Monday Night Raw that Seth Rollins will hold an open challenge for his United States Championship, and we don't find out much else because all of a sudden, Solo Sokoa and the Usos make their way to the arena, and they got microphones. Oh boy. As does apparently everybody else in the building tonight. <laughs> the Usos say that they will be defending their undisputed tag team titles against the new day this Friday on SmackDown. There's a very audible Sammy chant starting in the crowd, but uh, mm-hmm. Sammy is not there. Uh, the Usos defended their titles at Crown Jewel. Roman Reigns smashed Logan Paul. They show a picture of them celebrating from the PLE in Saudi. And then this Friday, it's the Usos versus the New Day. The New Day, who are the longest-reigning WWE Tag Team Champions in history. Do you remember who they beat for that record?
0: Demolition. There you go. There, there you, you go. go.
1: All of a sudden, the New Day enter. Xavier Woods says, In just four days, you will see the longest-reigning WWE World Tag Team Champions. Sorry, WWE. World Tag Team Champions defend their reign against the Usos. They're defending their reign. They're not defending the titles. They want to win the titles. They're trying to defend their reign. All right. At the end of that match, we will be champions, and our reign of 483 days as champions will stay intact. Jimmy Uso then goes on to say, hey, man, we gave you your props. Your merch is lit. You're on Netflix. You have booty O's. We're proud of you. Wilkes -Barr, Wilkes -Barry, are you proud of the new day? In fact, it must feel good to be the second best tag team in WWE. Xavier Woods says, hey, we still hold the record, so you are chasing us. You're chasing first -generation superstars. We are the real ones. You were coddled. You got tryouts based on what your family members did before you. You built your legacies off of your fathers, your uncles, your grandfathers. We built our legacy on our own backs. All valid stuff. All stuff that would fuel a great promo. But the crowd,
0: not into it. Little dead. Yeah. I mean, the loudest that they got during this whole segment was that sort of Sammy chant at the beginning. Uh -huh.
1: Jimmy then says, hey, you don't know the kind of pressure we've been under. This turns into an argument about who's had it harder. Which I was like, this isn't. This isn't good. This isn't making either one of you sound like winners right now. Especially when Xavier says, hey, you don't know about pressure. Pressure is sitting in catering, not knowing if you're being fired. Pressure is building a YouTube channel, hoping you can get noticed at work. Which, by the way, in any other job, that would get you noticed at work. As the person who spends all the time making a YouTube channel, so why aren't you doing your job?
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> you, you you would actually get potentially fired for stuff like that.
1: Yeah, anyway, uh, pressure is coming together as three men in this ring getting booed for it. Don't you dare talk to us about pressure. These people know what pressure is, and that pressure turned us into diamonds. All right. If the Usos never forfeited that match, though, there would have been no Kofi Mania, says Jimmy. Kofi, why don't you stay with your kids and let us do what we do, which brings Kofi into this promo that goes on and on and on. <laughs> now, Kofi gets a little fired up in this thing, and he says, uh, you know, I, I couldn't look my kids in the face and, and do that. I couldn't forfeit this match. That would sit with the time we were saddled with the gimmick of being positivity preaching preachers. We could come to work fighting and scratching and clawing and only be told by everybody that we sucked. This match represents possibly the last time the New Day was whole, and we elevated you in the process. We will not forfeit this record to you. So, we've got the passionate parts out, and then for no reason at all, Matt Riddle interrupts. Bro! Bro! I should mention, too, I'm a little less animated tonight because I'm in the new place, and there's people that I actually know and enjoy that live above me now, and I don't know how much they can hear me. So I want to keep the volume kind of like, you know, to a tilt here. But anyway, Riddle comes out and he says, I saw a new day, so I had to come out here. <laughs> you didn't see them all day in the back. <laughs> anyway, Riddle starts off and says, so Xavier, me and Elias are forming a band and we could really use a Jimmy tells Riddle to shut up, <laughs> which is kind of siding with Jimmy Uso then. Riddle says, hey, man, relax. You know when I need to relax? I like to lay back and hit this bong. And he's talking about his bongos again. We're doing, we're doing the bongo joke. Okay. All right. He offers a Solo Sekoa the chance to hit the bong. You know, give it a tap so he does. Uh, then he says, hey, Jimmy, you can hit the bong too. You want to hit the bong? So Jimmy starts hitting the bong and, and starts hitting it repeatedly numerous times. And then Riddle says, whoa, 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 you're breaking the cardinal rule. Remember, it's tap, tap, pass. I uh, get it because it's uh... a. <laughs> and he goes over to Jay and Jay rightfully slaps the bongos away. Um, I literally wrote here, blah, 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 six-man tag, yeet, because you <laughs> day <State> rocks. <laughs> I had no more time for this promo. I just I had no more time for it. New day like, rocks. New day rocks. We go to break.
0: It, the promo was going a little long. It was okay though, sort of. The the Xavier part I didn't quite get with the whole catering thing, but whatever. Like it was, th- there was some feeling there. But when Matt Riddle came out, I was like, "What is this? Like, wh- where are we going now?"
1: It <laughs> like, went from real to really dumb. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we get to segment two, and we are in the match. It's a new day, in Matt Riddle. Versus the Usos and Solo Sokoa, the New Day are on fire with lots of quick tags. First, uh, the Usos get the advantage on Kofi, who's taking a lot of the initial beatdown. Uh, Jay Uso gets caught, and New Day managed to work in a double team. Xavier works a lot of ground style against Jay's injured arm, which, of course, we've mentioned uh, Crown Jewel. He has a broken wrist. Nevertheless, they continue. Uh, Riddle gets tagged in, and instead of taking a right hand from Jay against the ropes, Riddle gets a leg scissor and pulls Jay over the top rope to the outside. That was pretty cool. Yes. Riddle is about to go for floating bro to the outside, but Solo knocks Riddle to the outside, and that takes us to our next break. We come back, and there's lots of continuity on the Usos' side, which you would expect. Solo comes in. He's working Riddle, and Riddle eventually hot tags Woods while he and Kofi double -team Solo in the ring. Uh, they're doing their video game series of moves, you know, where they just constantly attack, attack, attack. It's great. It looks like, it looks like when you have like a double team mode on Street Fighter or whatever, right? Where they're just <laughs> constantly bouncing back and forth. Uh, Kingston hits a high crossbody for two, and then drops the boom drop after firing up the crowd, which a lot of guys and girls were doing a lot tonight in the ring. There was a lot mm. of, a lot of crowd rallying, trying to get some volume up. Anyway, Kofi almost goes for Thunder and Paradise, but Solo cuts him off and Kofi bounces off the announce table on the outside. Triple beat down on Kofi takes us to our next break. Okay, we're now in segment four. It's still these people. Kofi and Solo are facing off in the ring. Kofi tries for a sunset flip, but Solo turns into a leg drop for two. The Usos Hit some double teamwork on Kofi, including an elbow drop over the knee. Which kind of had flashback to demolition there, you know? That old double axe handle they would do. Let's see here. Kofi hits Tornado DDT on Solo. And it's another hot tag to Riddle and Jey Uso. Riddle manages to get a Pele kick on Jey, followed by attacks on all three members of the bloodline. And Riddle is then racing around the ring... Until he hits a broton and a penalty kick on Jay for two. I love how they call it a penalty kick. It was just a big swift boot. Yes. Riddle rolls out of a missed moonsault, but eventually it's a schmoz between all members of both teams. Solo catches Kofi, who is going for a cross body to the outside with an uppercut, which looked gross. And Riddle nails a floating bro onto the outside. I hope you're following along with this all, by the way, because this is actually me taking out about a bazillion moves from this match because everything was just going on everywhere. It was nuts, yeah. Uh, Jay Uso managed to stop Riddle momentarily, but then Riddle hits Jimmy with a draping DDT into the ring, followed by the RKO, but Solo is the legal man after a blind tag. Solo manages to catch Riddle with the crazy boss man slam rock bottom thing that he hits for a finisher, and the winnows the are the Usos and Solo. <laughs> The winnows.
0: My gosh. That whole thing was like 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like that was 40 minutes Legit. of Usos and New Days. Yeah. It was it was like uh, that Hell in a Cell match all over again. Oh god. It was Three years dude, ago. Yeah. That just took forever. And and it I was, mean, it was a great match. It was a great. No, oh, no, no. I'm not knocking the in ring. I even liked maybe the first few minutes like I, I liked serious new day. But man, did this whole thing just lose momentum?
1: It's too much. It's just too much. And I heard somebody talk about this the other day on another show. WWE needs more marquee talent. They yep. don't have enough superstar superstars to get this thing going. And they're not even all in AEW. They're just—they're just not there. No, no. How do you do? How do you do a three-hour RAW with names that are kind of me? You don't. So you stretch out the new day in the Usos for 40 minutes.
0: Well, and, and then you you sort of mentioned this off the top where, you know, you'd almost forgot, almost forgotten that these guys have had a bazillion matches and then this happened and you're like, no, we're going to see this again, <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, and, and look, like the in ring is going to be fine. There's I'm not knocking the in ring, but it's no, like the many, match
1: was great. It's just, it yeah, was long.
0: It was a long Yeah. And, and how many times do we need to see this, <laughs> right, in one week?
1: All right. We get recaps of Crown Jewel, and we come back to the arena where JBL enters. Now, Mike Rome is b- borrowing a little bit of Justin Roberts here tonight. Because, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome
0: Gian
1: Bradshaw Leifield. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering how you spell that, it's J -E 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 -A 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 -W 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 -N. Right. For those playing along on the home version, I guess, of this. Anyway, JBL's entrance takes us to our next break. John Layfield is back in the ring. God bless Bradshaw. That's right. I said it. It's one of the most entertaining talkers on the show. Does it again. Stands in the middle of that ring in a suit that is way too big for him. Gotta say it, man. You gotta get to the tailor. Those suits are way too big now. I don't know if he's just, you know, lost weight or maybe he's shrinking. I don't know what it is. His suits are just way too big now. Maybe that's the thing, though. Maybe. The MC Hammer Pants, right? Anyways, JBL says, from the Budokan to the O2, from the Staples Center to Madison Square Garden. I have sold out every great arena on God's green earth. Then he says, we're all thinking when you talk about great arenas, this isn't one of them.
0: I love that line.
1: And then, you know, this was an inside joke. I don't know what kind of idiot would book me here. Shots fired. Shots fired. So, he says, for the rest of your lives, though, this will be the greatest moment you have ever had. Stand up on your Philadelphia Philly World Series losing to Texas feet. Put your little snowflake chubby woke hands together and welcome the man that's going to save this business. The modern day wrestling god,
0: Baron Corbin. That was a fun little promo, man. <laughs> I thought that was great. You know, and it just takes you back
1: now. When you look back to what we had, mm-hmm. even in the, in the 2000 aughts, especially like 2000 to 2010, it tends to get a lot of crap as being kind of a a weaker generation for talent, right? But, but if you look back now, compared to some of the stuff we've had to sit through in the last five to 10 years with the over-scripting and the over- over thinking uh dare i say the garganoing of we'll get there yeah i know but but that's what i mean right like this was just so natural
0: and so preposterous at the same time but and and again it's it's like that's what you want your heel to be you don't want him to be cool you don't want him to be anywhere likable um you know like and everything he said was like to get a rise like you know everything from the you know when you talk about great arenas this isn't one of them <laughs> <laughs> which i again i thought that was a great line um you know the 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 knock on the philadelphia phillies losing the world series to texas i mean come on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. great
1: but this is it That's just it. guy guy knows how to do his job okay so at this point cory graze even acknowledges is it wilkes barry wilkes bar
0: everybody
1: <laughs> nobody friggin' knows even the people who live there don't know. That's what they said. So, there you go. Uh, we find out that Baron Corbin's opponent is going to be Cedric Prime Alexander. Which, already, I've been saying it since Saturday. Hurt Business is coming back, baby. Hurt Business is going to be bigger than ever. And how many people, when you add Omos Oof. to the Hurt businesses, there? How many people are in that then? With MVP as the manager?
0: You got, your, you got your four plus,
1: plus MVP. So that would be great for uh, uh,
0: War Games. <laughs>
1: Just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. Anyway, JBL gets to commentary after Corey's razzing uh, Kevin Patrick for not acknowledging that JBL is actually at ringside now. And JBL responds with another beautiful shot to Kevin. Saying that uh, St. Patty should have saved all the snakes and got rid of the Irish. <laughs> I'm Irish. I can say that and laugh at it because he's not wrong. Uh, I think I'm... Am I coming through only one channel now? I don't know. Nope. Let's continue. All right. Okay. There we go. So... This match starts, and Baron Corbin is just beating the holy hell out of Cedric Alexander. Uh, Corbin actually manages to circle back into the ring and hits what I'm going to call the clothesline from heck because <laughs> Alexander managed to kick out at two. Shelton Benjamin versus an Austin Theory graphic comes up in the corner, which, again, her business, baby. When was the last time we saw Shelton and Cedric Alexander on the same show? Right? Right. All right. Just saying. Anyway, Alexander actually gets a little bit of offense in, including the neuralizer boot to Corbin before the two are fighting outside of the ring. Alexander goes to re-enter, but Corbin catches him with the end of days for the win. That is all you need to know about this match because it was it was a Baron Corbin squash match. That it was, was a cool. beatdown for sure. Yes, we cut to backstage where Seth Rollins is boogie dancing his way to the <laughs> arena. As we go to our next break. Seg 6, Seth Rollins makes his way into the arena, takes his time as the crowd is singing his song. He says, tonight's a special edition of Monday Night Rollins. It's time for the United States Championship Open Challenge.
0: <laughs> I can't all right? believe that. Yeah, that's, that's
1: the after effects of the bronchial pneumonia, though. You mean the attempted murder attempt? Yes, thanks again. Anyway, Judgment Day circle the ring like sharks, and then they all enter the ring, except for... Actually, none of them enter the ring, except for Finn Balor. And he says, I got the bone to pick with you, Seth. A couple years ago, you cost me gold. Now I'm going to cost you gold. So just tell me where the rainbow is, where my little pots of gold is. I'll go find... Anyway... The OC enter. Uh, OC and Judgment Day stand across the ring from each other. Rollins goes yoink with his title and gets the heck out of Dodge. Uh, it's promo time again. Yay. AJ Styles says, this is far from over. Finn says, the only thing in this ring that's over is the Judgment Day. You think so, do you? Hey. He says, the club, the OC, it's old news. AJ says, It's always been the three of us against the four of you. Crown Jewel, that was no different. We tried to find someone who could take care of our Rhea problem. We couldn't find that someone. But that someone found us. And all of a sudden, we see Rhea get knocked down as a hooded figure with very blue hair reveals herself as Mia Yim. She looks a lot like Reckoning from Retribution. I was going to say that exact same thing. Yeah. Anyway, she wails the crap out of Rhea with a kendo stick. And all of a sudden, it's a giant brawl. We got Gallows taking Priest over the announce table. Balor knocks Anderson out of the ring. And then it's AJ and Finn in the middle of the ring. Finn gets a punch blocked and then gets whipped into the ropes but dips out on the other side after ducking in clothesline. Anderson catches Finn on the outside, though. Styles hits a clash on Dominic Mysterio. And the OC and Mia Yim strike a pose together in the middle of the ring as the baddest chick on the block. She was going by something else in Impact Wrestling. The baddest chick on the block is there. What do you think about Mia Yim being a part of the uh, the OC team here?
0: It's not bad. I don't hate it. I want to see what happens. Right. right. It could be. could be something good, right? Well, it, it, I mean... It it also makes sense as the you know the equalizer for Rhea Ripley, um, but uh, you know I, I I didn't have a, a huge problem with this, yeah. t- t- although to be to be to c- completely honest, I thought the best part of that whole interaction mm-hmm. was Seth's facial reaction as he's sneaking out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's, but- he's got this look like oh I'm gonna back up now, and then he. He sort of subtly, but not so subtly sneaks out. I thought that was great. I thought that was awesome. He was
1: even holding the title kind of in between AJ and Finn. Yeah. And like literally like yoink, you know, just pulled it out and then took off. But again, I thought that was the best part of that whole thing. It was. It really was. We get a shot backstage where Otis is warming up. And it's hard not to get warm when your beard is growing as big as it is. Could we be getting Otis back? Oh, yeah. We find out the next match is Elias versus Otis. We go to break. We come back and segment seven starts with Kathy Kelly running down the hall to catch up with Seth Rollins who says, we will still get to see the Open Challenge tonight. It better not be you, as he looks at Kathy Kelly. Can you imagine? Yes, I left my successful broadcasting career to come back and lose to you for the U .S. Championship. That's why I took this contract. No, anyway. We go to the arena. Enter Gable and Otis. Enter Elias. This match, along with all of Monday Night Raw, is brought to you by Golden Corral. Golden Corral bought the entire show. Did you notice that?
0: Every I, liner read was Golden Corral. Golden Corral. Golden Corral. I, I remember that commercial, but I did not notice any of the other liners.
1: Every segment intro was Golden Corral. Have you ever been to a Golden Corral?
0: Once, yes. Yeah. It was it was insane. Um my lasting memory of Golden Corral wasn't even the food. I watched this kid What else could it be? No, no, no. Like I watched this kid okay. um grab 13 Rice Krispie squares put it on his plate and he ate them all and I was like what What am I watching here that is my lasting memory of Glenn and I am not exaggerating I, I counted how many he put on his plate and, and if I'm you like, haven't
1: figured it out yet for those that have never been Golden Corral is a, a very famous buffet chain in the US yes uh, I was at one in uh, Great Falls Montana once and eh, I never need to go back no no but they, they know how to buffet. I'll give you that. Unless unless they want to sponsor this here show.
0: Oh, well, then we're case, all over that. I'll be there
1: tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe Saturday. Anyway. uh, This match, not a lot of math to it here. It's Otis overpowering Elias for most of the match. Elias tries a body slam at one point, but it uh, kind of resembles the old Hogan-Andre squash. Uh, Otis works a trap hold on Elias for a bit. Otis ends up trying to spear Elias in the corner, but he gets posted, which allows Elias to hit a knee on Otis for two. Commentary selling the fact that Elias hasn't exactly had the most wonderful return since uh, coming back and since the loss of his brother Ezekiel. Rest in peace, Zeke. Rest in peace. <laughs> anyway, Elias gets distracted by Gable on the apron, which allows Otis to catch him for a huge World Strongest Slam with a big see-ya as he drops him. And Otis is your winner for the three
0: counts. feel bad for Elias.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, first his brother gets injured beyond repair, and now he just doesn't have a good win streak. Oh, well, what are you going <laughs> to do? Uh, Byron Saxon is backstage with the Judgment Day. I, I think Finn Balor was trying to do a Scott Steiner math promo here. I didn't get this at all.
0: I I I I took it as a Jay Z reference, ninety nine well, problems, right? Finally, yeah. He says, yeah. Well, now they have eight problems, no, sixteen problems, <laughs> no, ninety nine problems. Oh my god! Yeah, like that. Th- that's that said. I I got the reference, but it made no sense. Like it was just kind of like out of nowhere.
1: The eight yeah. to the sixteen made no sense. The ninety nine yeah. problems. I mean, what is that? How old is that song?
0: Well, pretty old, isn't that like nine? That's like late nineties, early two oh, thousands, man. But
1: it's yeah, it's a yeah. long time
0: ago. Now, if he had said that, like you know, we have thirty three point three percent of whatever, I would have been like, okay, that <laughs> makes yeah. way more sense. But then Braun Breaker would have to come
1: and kick his <laughs> That's ass. That's right. So.
0: Yes. <laughs> this is literally what I wrote out of this
1: promo because, again, friends, if you are looking for me to accurately quote Judgment Day promos, you are not going to get that here. That's what makes us the best damn raw review on the internet. Damien Priest yammers on something about Rising. Dominic says something about Mommy. And Rhea gives the only intelligible comments about bringing in Mia Yim. And as Judgment Day walk off, Rhea and Bianca Belair cross paths. There's an acknowledgement of the champ. They walk off and we go to break. Okay. You know what we need now? We,
0: what, what do we you, what do we need now? We could use a good promo segment. <laughs> Just because we haven't had that many in this show, good ones, no. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, we enter with Bianca Belair, Oscar, and Alexa Bliss. Oscar almost gets a swift shot to the face from Bianca's braid during their entrance. I don't know if you noticed that when they got up on the ringside, though. And Bianca's about to twirl her hair and literally Asuka gets like a shot to the face from it and then like sells it like, oh yeah, that was supposed to happen. I'm supposed to get boffed in the face by this woman's gigantic braid.
0: They got to work on their blocking and their spacing when they come to the ring here.
1: We get a recap of Damage Control regaining the WWE Women's Tag Titles and Last Woman Standing Match at Crown Jewel. We also get an alleged fan cam, which oddly enough looks like it was in full HD, showing a near scrap outside the arena between the two sides. Bianca takes the microphone and says she's proud to be here as the last woman standing and still Raw Women's Champion, but this is far from being over with. Damage control, we got something to say, so since you were so tough in the parking lot, why not come out here so we can say it to your face? Yeah, why not? Uh, enter damage control. Dakota Kai leading the promo tonight. Uh, she led a lot of the promos. Which once you'd hear Bailey talk later, you'd kind of see why. Um, Dakota says, nobody gives a damn that you were the last woman standing. You still haven't beaten Bailey, but she's beaten you twice. Hey, Io, how many times have we won these titles? Showing off her tag team titles. Io says, twice. Dakota says, who did we beat to win them? Uh, to which EO says, Alexa and Asuka. Alexa says, the only reason we lost was because of Nikki Cross. Asuka and Io argue in Japanese. And the crowd is more excited about this exchange than any other part of this entire segment.
0: Dude, I didn't, I didn't know I needed to see them argue in Japanese until I saw them argue in Japanese. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>
1: and the best part was knowing the limited amount of Japanese that I know, I'm pretty sure they were arguing about arguing in Japanese. Like, they're like, okay, you want to argue in Japanese? We can argue in Japanese. We'll argue in Japanese. And everything stops dead after Asuka starts balking like a chicken.
0: No, she she was saying baka, which is idiot in Japanese. Is that what it is? She kept going, baka, 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 baka. Baka means idiot in Japanese.
1: Oh, okay. I thought she was walking yeah. like a chicken. Which no, no, no. Your one actually, works. Yeah.
0: but still, that was that
1: was just awesome. That <laughs> was great. To which Io stops dead and says, "Bitch." <laughs> My notes then say, "Fighty, fighty, fight, fight."
0: <laughs> and it was. <laughs>
1: And Bianca says, this isn't a match. This isn't a fight. This is war. <laughs> and this is ending. And all of a sudden, her voice went really deep and British and said, this is ending at war games. Wouldn't that be amazing?
0: I will admit, I that was the voice I heard when she said war games. The so. voice we
1: all hear yes. whenever we hear war games. All right, this is going on in the ring, and then all of a sudden Nikki Cross comes in and sneak attacks poor Bianca. Oh, hold on. Yeah, my button's broken. Okay, so we get that, and there's a beat down galore, uh, and then we go backstage. Rollins will be back with the U.S. Open Challenge later tonight. We go to break. All right, our next segment starts with Full Beard Austin Theory making his way to the ring. He's held on to that Money in the Bank contract now for 127 days. Now, there was a rumor going around, Joe. I don't know if you heard about it, but there was once a ploy or a theory that they would actually, a theory, but there was a belief that they would have theory hold the briefcase the full 365 days and then get down to like the last hour of him having to cash in which I thought would be amazing. But anyway, they went on to say that he's held on to that briefcase for 127 days now, and Graves says, you know, the holder has 365 days to plot, to plan. And then we see an encounter between Shelton Benjamin and Austin Theory earlier in the afternoon, which set up the match we're about to have. The announcers mention Benjamin's accolades, including being a world tag team champion, intercontinental champion, and Brock Lesnar's wrestling coach in college. There was a history of their OVW tag team reigns together and a bunch more. Oh, look at that. We're rebuilding Shelton Benjamin. Anyway, it's mostly theory getting offense throughout this match. There's some great back and forth during the whole thing. But Theory gets the win with A -Town down after raking Benjamin's eyes. Oh, my gosh. Only there was someone there to watch his back. Someone who could help him take care of a certain type of business. A hurt business, if you would? Perhaps. All right. Theory does the selfies while The Miz makes his way to the arena backstage. It's Johnny Gargano versus The Miz. Next
0: Oh boy Oh boy here we go <laughs> I, Oh my gosh You want me to take this one?
1: No I got it I <laughs> guy said I would drive And this is my punishment <laughs> Segment 10 starts With the Miz entering And he takes the microphone Because you know what we haven't heard enough wrestlers talk tonight Miz says, now, before I face that whistle-blowing Johnny Weasel tonight, I want to speak to each and every one of you with honesty. I can confirm that without a shadow of a doubt, Johnny Gargano's interview is completely false. It's a smear job. The evidence is doctored. It's one of the biggest deep fakes I've ever seen in my life. All great terms here. Uh, he says, I've read what people have said on the internet. I can't believe I have to defend myself to my friends and my family. And not even that is true, because my father believes Johnny. Shout out for Mrs. Dad first of all. Love that guy. All right, he says, the one thing that's good of this is that my agent's phone has not stopped ringing. In fact, I met a big Hollywood producer and she wants to tell the true story. The real story. I've smoke spoken to my lawyers. We've spoken about proceeding with a defamation suit. And which, finally, Johnny Gargano enters. At least I say that thinking that maybe we're just going to get to the match. No, 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 no. That would be far too much good. Because wouldn't you know, Johnny Gargano comes out with a microphone. Oh, shit. Okay. First of all, Gargano says, you know, I've always liked your dad. Very smart man. Very smart man. Johnny is taking his sweet ass time at this point. It's almost like he forgot his lines. But what he's actually doing is he's waiting for a Johnny wrestling chant to build, which it never does because they're in Wilkes Berry, Wilkes Bari, Wilkes Boring. Wilkes Boring, Pennsylvania. He says, I cannot in good conscience start this match without telling the truth about something I did. I need to blow the whistle on myself. He pulls out a damn whistle. Sorry, I'm not going to mute the cops right now because they're less annoying than this segment. Trust me. Johnny says, I was hoping the public would shame the Miz and he would actually pay Dexter Loomis. Remember, that's how this all started is because he's saying that he didn't pay Dexter Loomis for being his Jesse Smollett attacker. Oh is, well, that's what that's what this whole thing is, isn't it? Isn't the whole <laughs> yeah. Jesse 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 Smollett Smollett, yeah, 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 it's that thing, right? So he says. So I realized I needed stronger evidence against the Miz. So I did something a little deceitful just to get it. This is a horrible precedent. Okay, we'll get into this in a second here. It says Miz, do you know Miz? You know that big movie producer you had dinner with? Well, she was actually a private investigator. And I don't know if Johnny Annoying is trying to be Johnny Jericho here, but then he goes, <questioning noise> <clears throat> and she was wearing a hidden camera. And I'm not exaggerating this, guys. If you missed the show, look up this part and you'll see that he then goes, <aspirations> and I happen to have the footage. <laughs> And, lucky for all of us, this is just weird. And you guys know, if you're new here, you should know that I tend to be the most positive guy that I can be about anything that I watch wrestling -wise. But lucky for us, Johnny Gargano has brought a universal remote control from home. And it happens to work on this Tron. How many dumbasses are gonna to go to raw next week with your universal remote hoping they can control the Titantron? None. Oh, at least <laughs> none because nobody's that stupid. That's the answer. So now we get the hidden video, which was clearly from the bosom area of this uh, private investigator uh Miz is caught saying that everything Johnny is saying is true. WWE corporate were asking too many questions The police were getting involved uh, He explains why he didn't pay Dexter Loomis etc 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 He says if anything Dexter should be thanking Me what was he doing three months ago Nothing that's not true he was Booked for a show in Winnipeg that he had to no show Yes well he didn't no show He uh, they found a sub for him. anyway
0: <clears throat> Well he didn't show up <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah anyway uh, We then go To break after this stupidity and we come back and the match has finally started. Great wrestling, I'll say that. Uh, jo- Johnny annoying is really a thing now. Uh, Graves calls him Johnny Blackmail, which, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This level of <sighs> character development, if you want to call it that, that's giving it a lot of credit it is because it's actually taken me out of enjoying a gargano match which was a lot easier to do back when he <laughs> wasn't johnny annoying <coughs> excuse me like i just i i couldn't get into it for the longest time i'm watching it there's a lot of great moves there's a lot of great stuff to go and they're both giving and taking a lot from each other right like it was it was a very It was a very modern -esque match where there's just a lot of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So, to name off moves, it would be, I mean, it would be another hour. So, Miz manages to hit Gargano with a huge kick to the face, though, after he pushes off a headscissors from Gargano. This is after Gargano had hit a big field goal kick to Miz's left arm and started telling the story of working that body part. So, we've got... a punchy Gargano, and a sore arm Miz. That's that's your match story, basically. There's back and forth continuing as Gargano hits a forearm over the top rope on a Miz on the outside, but Miz crotches Johnny on the barricade and nails him with a super kick. That takes us to... Break. We're back in the ring, and Gargano's getting some offense in, including a tilt-a-whirl face buster off the second rope on Miz for two. Miz hits a left hand on Gargano, but Gargano... Hits a slingshot spear on Miz for two. Uh, Miz gets a double throw thrust on the throat of Gargano. Uh, quick exchange of holds, but Miz hits a spiked half DDT. I don't know what else he call that. What do you call that when it's like he's on? Yeah. I just call it a DDT because I,
0: I just call it the low DDT.
1: Okay, that works yeah. too. Uh, we get the it kicks. Gargano tries to battle out. Miz knees Gargano, who tries a slingshot again, but. Uh, Miz manages to catch him with a knee, and now Miz's new catchphrase, instead of awesome, is massive balls. <laughs> he stops and he le- like does like a Hulk Hogan pose. Massive balls. I don't have the uh, the sound effects machine hooked up yet, so you'll have to deal with that for now.
0: In in in, in basketball, you would get a technical for doing that. By the way,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, unsportsmanlike, right? Yep. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and also if they hang lower than your shorts Then you're in real trouble uh, <laughs> Gargano gets a roll up that, that should be a thing though Why is If if he's got these massive balls Why is he wearing trunks still Shouldn't he be wearing Shorty G's old shorts <laughs> Alright uh, Gargano gets a roll up for two Before a thrust kick to Miz's face for two Miz ends up outside, and Gargano hits a tope, which knocks Miz back first into the announce table. But Miz pushes Gargano into said announce table and rolls Johnny back into the ring. Gargano kicks Miz back out of the ring, and Miz seemingly gets dragged underneath the ring skirt. Miz comes back, though, and he's got an extra turnbuckle iron in his hand. That's the, uh, the little post there that you know goes the actual turnbuckle itself. Uh, and he tells the ref to look under the ring Because clearly Dexter Loomis was there pulling him under And uh, that's what happened So while the ref is looking underneath the ring Miz uses that distraction and hits Johnny with the post And Miz gets the pin for three He's bad Johnny on his way out of the ring uh, Dexter Loomis hits Miz from behind with a chair Before fleeing from security and out of the arena Dear God, that was a lot of
0: words Oof that's
1: not even all of it like i said i could i could add all the
0: moves to it but it would be no you you definitely uh got that down concisely very well done holy but there was a lot going on in that match but even that whole i i it's weird because i i i was like wtf for a lot of that promo but at the same time i was laughing my ass off so i'm not quite sure how i feel about this yet remember though when everybody
1: was like oh it's a good thing johnny never went to the main roster because they would ruin them
0: well they're doing a pretty good job of doing that so like you know what it was it was uh last week when when they did that um that you know that 60 minute spoof uh, yes, you know I that interview. That. That, that 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 to me, whereas was where it went from you know somewhat funny, entertaining to that just jumped the shark. And then after that, I was like, okay, I I don't know if I can take this anymore. I mean, good for them
1: for giving Byron something interesting to do, but it's not that interesting. Uh, we go backstage. Damn and Control are talking to Nikki Cross, and they are happy to have her with them. Uh, and we also want you to destroy Dana Brooke. Nikki says. It's time to play. By the way, where is Dewdrop? Piper Niven. Where the hell is she? Anyway. Oof. We find out that the coveted, the celebrated, the only, 24 748 7 I-95, South, uh, European Television Championship is up for grabs next. Uh, we go to a promo for Young Rock which features the video game WrestleFest, and all of a sudden, every quarter that I had disappeared. That took me immediately back. And the fact that they were playing the actual game, I loved it. The Rock is playing it. And there's one line where The Rock and his little interviewer stooge says, How do you know all the finishing moves? To which Dwayne says, I'm The Rock. I can beat you with no finishing moves. And I thought, that's a great line, too, except for the fact that in that game, when you hit the point where you had to do a finishing move, you didn't have to do anything. You just had to push, like, two buttons, and it would hit the finisher. So, I mean, good on you. If it was the WWF Superstars arcade game, that's a different story. Yes. That's the one where you need to know all the combos and everything. But anyway, that's all I got from that promo. <laughs> oh good we're at segment 13 we
0: go. <laughs> we're almost there
1: Nikki Cross enters with damage control behind her I've missed Nikki Cross I'm wondering if it's too late for this though uh, uh,
0: yeah we're. I, I have some words about this <laughs>
1: okay uh, enter Dana Brooke we're again again reminded that Golden Corral has bought every Raw Presents for tonight uh, Nikki lays blows on Dana to which Dana yells
0: get off of me <laughs> oh my god. And then Bailey.
1: Bailey is quieter than I am right now. I'm trying not to wake up a household of people above me. Bailey's in an arena
0: and she's she's hardly saying anything. She was very subdued. I mean, at one point she just said, you know, be quiet and just like watch the match or something like that. Right? It was so un Bailey anyway.
1: Uh, Nikki is still just beating Dana silly to which again, we hear,
0: get off of me.
1: Nikki hits her finisher and is now your new 24 seven champion. Corey Graves probably has the line of the night for himself says that I didn't even have time to say anything about Dana Brooke to get her riled up on the internet. And the last time he said something about her that, uh, she she went off on
0: twitter about it and yeah anyway so a couple things number one they they called her a fighting champion i'm like what all right uh and then number two i and you you kind of alluded to it i can't take this nikki cross seriously um I thought she had bags. I want to know. And that's the problem. Like when she first came out last week and did her thing, I was like, okay, this is great. Right. Or whatever, whatever it was. But like this Nikki cross this week in Wilkes bar, bore bear, whatever it's boring. It's boring, Pennsylvania. Like this Nikki cross, like it was almost like she was trying way too hard and it showed. I mean, I thought she had more credibility with the Nikki A .S .H. thing that seemed more genuine than this particular iteration of Nikki Cross. I hope she's like, you know, still refining the character, but man, I, I just could not get into this. Well, it has only been a couple of weeks too. Right. So, you know, I know. although I, I, I will give both um, Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick uh, some kudos here because they tried really hard to sell this Nikki Cross. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, I remember when Nikki was, was being, you know, sanity, Nikki, Mm-hmm. and and people were loving it like loving it loving it i remember she came and did a, a house show run here and she did a thing where she just thrashes her hair and she was doing it with her jacket and this thing tonight but she did that and she did it for such an extended amount of time that people actually cheered got quiet and cheered even louder you know what i mean that that thing where it just goes up and down See, you know like
0: it, it's weird though because like and i know what you're talking about but like this again specifically tonight's Nikki cross was almost like a parody of the sanity Nikki cross from when she first came in. I just did. I just could not. Couldn't take it seriously. Maybe, maybe I think also, again, it had to do with the building. And again,
1: I don't mean to keep crapping on these fans. I really don't, but I just, I don't think this crowd was into the
0: show. No, they were, they were very quiet during this match specifically. Yeah. So anyway, um, Nikki,
1: oh, Sparky says hello. Nikki is your new 24 -7 champion. Seth Rollins open challenge is coming up next. That takes us to break. We come back and damage control are following Nikki around who has the 24 -7 championship over her shoulder. And I think they were going for the garbage can on this. I think this might have been the end of the 24 -7 championship tonight because as Nikki's walking by this giant garbage can, she drops it and it looked like it was supposed to go into the garbage can but it fell behind it but either way it was out of shot and they just kept walking and walking yeah
0: it it, it rimmed out but <laughs> yeah. it, it would have been a lot better she'd got it in the can yeah. but whatever
1: yeah yeah no high school championship for you nope byron is then backstage with the oc and asks how it felt to get some revenge on judgment day uh they all celebrate the fact that they finally got an answer to their rhea problem mia Yim says she's buying the rounds tonight To which AJ warns her Of the good brother's high tolerance levels We go back to the arena And Seth Rollins enters again He says that this month Marks 10 years of Seth Rollins In WWE it only feels like 20 You've been there for all the highs All the lows and all the championships I've made this the title To have here on Raw Sigh
0: Are we stalling for time at this point? I'm going to say they're doing something because this was dragging.
1: It went on and on and on. Anyway, he says, whoever wants a piece of my title, come on down here. Be ready for a fight. I'm a visionary. I'm a revolutionary. I'm Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah. Ali jumps on the screen. Oh. To which I was, the crowd was even like, boo. <laughs> and that's too bad because I like Ali. I really,
0: I do, t- like Ali. I do too, but like that was definitely, if yeah. That had, if that had
1: been the answer, it would have been the wrong answer. And it turns out it wasn't because all of a sudden Ollie gets roughed up off screen and Bobby Lashley is standing there looking like a monster. He and did I, not look, he did not look happy and that was good. It was so good. He says, yeah. There are two reasons why I don't have my United States championship. One is Brock Lesnar and two is because of you. And then Ali tries to come back and attack Bobby, but Bobby damn near kills poor Mustafa as he throws him into some road boxes behind him. After that, we find out that Bobby Lashley will be coming to the ring as we go to... Break. Joe, I stopped taking notes here because I didn't feel they were necessary. I watched this portion from bed which is right behind me in this new setup that I have right now and it was basically this segment 15 was Bobby Lashley coming out to the ring Rollins attacking Lashley as he gets to the ring thus the fighting is starting before the match actually starts and they continue to fight outside the ring where Bobby Lashley destroys Seth Rollins Pillar to post and coast to coast, to use a famous line. Um, I mean, if you want to go into details, you can. But he did everything from throwing him into barricades to announce tables to bounce him off the floor
0: to bounce him off the ring post. To my, my, my favorite, my favorite part was after he hit ground and pound on Seth on the outside, he just mauled him. I was like, "Oof! This yeah. is a vicious Bobby Lashley going on here." He
1: was he was reenacting a grizzly bear at the garbage dump. Like it was, yes, <laughs> it was party time. So, anyway, Bobby walks off, and we see Rollins basically scrambling to breathe as we go to our next break. We come back, and Rollins is in no shape to continue, which allows A -Town down. And, yes, Sparky, my cat who's tired of hearing me talk without petting him, uh, we find out that Austin Theory is cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, Theory tries for an A-Town down early, tries for another couple different offensive moves, gets nothing but two counts, left, right, and center. Uh, then all of a sudden, we get a, a big finish here. Actually, Seth goes for pedigree, and that uh, gets reversed by Theory, who hits a pedigree of his own. That goes for a two counts as Bobby Lashley pulls the referee out of the ring and starts decimating once again. I love this Bobby Lashley. This is this is the Bobby Lashley I would pay so much money to see again and again and again. Anyway, uh, we get back to the uh, the action. There's a bunch of missed opportunities here. Uh, Rollins hits a curb stomp. Finally, uh, was was that the finish? Finish?
0: Yeah, like. Like, like Lashley got the hurt lock on Austin right on
1: the outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And so, the
0: ref starts counting.
1: Yeah, so there, there's a moment where uh, theory is out cold on the floor, Rollins is dead in the ring. Ref gets up to nine in the countout, and theory manages to make his way in, gets the stomp though, and uh, Seth Rollins defends his United States championship in a Money in the Bank cash -in qualifying match, or not qualifying, but cash -in match, and thus Theory has lost his Money in the Bank briefcase. Seth Rollins is still your United States champion, and Bobby Lashley smells blood. And that's how we end Raw.
0: I, uh... I really enjoyed Lashley beating the crap out of Seth and Austin. That's
1: what I mean. I didn't need notes for this because it was
0: just—it was so simple and so good. And and like just his his whole attitude, like yeah. it just just the way he looked. He did not look like happy. You know, let me shake your hand in the crowd, Bobby Lashley. He was like, "No, we're we're not pumping our fists to our music yeah. on this one." Um, uh, like I I I you know what? And I liked, I like the fact too that like you know they they brought up the you know. Brock Lesnar cost me and they've still got some unfinished business there and you cost me. And then he just, he just decimated everybody. And that was awesome. Overall, it's how you end the show. And
1: I mean, strong ending for an otherwise very tepid raw this week. And I say that with no disrespect again. I like liking things. This one was a bit of a, a bit of a hard watch. I don't know if everybody was just tired from coming back from Saudi or what, but, it just seemed everything was a little off, you know?
0: Well, and again, like, you know, to your point and not to crap on the crowd, but that that crowd did not no, help we, the show at we all. We might right? as well just say it. <laughs> wilkes Boring, you're very boring. <laughs> Be better. Be better, Wilkes Bar, wilkes Barry, whoever you are.